The Saratoga Opening Day edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions Contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Welcome to the show. It's a it's a special week. If you if you noticed a little bit of like a pep in my step, it's uh, not because someone I don't like got hurt, which is usually the only thing that really brings me joy in life. Uh, that sounded terrible. Just everyone disregard that. I know I have final editing power, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everyone see how I live. Uh, <laughs> it's a special week because we got Saratoga opening. Uh, which means baby races galore. And in honor of that, we've got a first-timer to the Notorious OTV. She's the content manager for Little Bluebird Stables. She's a freelance pedigree analyst. You might know her from the Twitter machines. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jessica Tugwell, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's exciting to bring in new faces. You know, it's, uh, I always try to keep it fresh, kind of got to kind of rotate it in and out. It's like buying the, uh, you know, buying the, the variety pack of little cereal boxes and actually <laughs> eating the corn pops, you know? So, so like a fruit loop than a corn pop, but we'll, uh, we'll see a little more colorful. I, flavorful. I don't know if I'm getting old, but I'm a raisin brain guy. If you, if, if I could get could like a, oops, all raisins. <laughs> so Jessica, how'd you get into, uh, into horse racing? Um, well, like a lot of people, I got into it through my dad. Um, I fell into love with horses when I read the black stallion in third grade. And then that's at the point in my life where I realized, Hey, dad watches horse races. And like, he had done that for long before I was born, but I didn't really notice until after I actually cared about horses. So we would go to um, like, we had a local OTB that was also a restaurant. And so that was like my favorite place to go out for family dinner is nice. we'd go out to there. And that's where I learned to uh, read the racing form. And it, it really started the love for racing with, it, with the 2004 Breeders' Cup, because I was watching that with my dad. And I saw this pretty black horse that I had seen win a race earlier in the year. And he was like, that horse is like 25 to one, but yeah, sure. Go ahead. Whatever you're 11. What do you know? Um, and that horse was better talk now. And he won that race and I was just absolutely hooked. And as you do when you're 11, I just became obsessed and got anything I could read, watch with racing. I was, I was all over it. That first little hit of dopamine, uh, that you get from horse racing really, uh, really uh you know sparks the 11 year old mind that's for yeah, sure it sure does actually I'm, I'm i'm the flip side i'm because of my mom like she wanted she's the one who always wanted to go to the track and everything i think it's funny though it's like that you putting together you know your dad watches horse racing it's like so that's why he's been beating bruises into his leg with the racing form <laughs> right every yeah. saturday afternoon <laughs> so how did you get into to you know pedigree and everything and because i the way i understand it, you do things a little bit different it's it's less of a uh 
you know, something that you have to swing across a pit of snakes on a vine to get to like a dusty book filled with so many back, you know, uh, generations of horse breeding. You seem to be a little bit more like data oriented. Yes and no. I, I definitely did my my jungle delving into uh, the the depths of history of pedigrees. And I think that's actually what where a lot of the things that I've been use data to confirm comes from. A lot of my theories are based on looking at horses from like the early 1900s, the 1800s, and like looking at these pedigrees and seeing all these patterns. And I mean, I've been interested in genetics since before I was interested in racing, actually. Um, like that was my fifth grade obsession was horse color genetics. So I've been had like that mind of things for a long time. But then, you know, you start noticing just little patterns and things that you're like, well, does this actually work? And for a long time, I didn't have a way to check that. And then uh, a few years ago, I discovered grade one gold mine, which is a program that lets you look up crosses based on like a horse in the first in the top half of the pedigree and a horse in the bottom half of the pedigree. Rather than, you know, a lot of these nicking systems, it's just like this sire with that sire is specifically yeah. like the mare has to be out of this sire or one of his sons. Whereas grade one goldmine does things a little differently and checks the whole just top half, bottom half of the pedigree. And I started realizing that, hey, there's there's something to this, you know, this idea of distant ancestors even seemingly having some sort of uh, impact. Because, I mean, that's people say, you know, oh, well, they're only like a pr very small percentage of the blood you're getting. But the way I see it, I mean, they're where your modern horses came from. And so then I, you know, a few years ago started really like probably about five years ago now started learning about mitochondrial DNA in horses. And that is um, the mitochondria. It's, I understand the mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. They are uh, the powerhouse of the cell. They convert food into energy, which is kind of important if you're going to be a racehorse. And the interesting thing about mitochondrial DNA is that it remains unchanged being passed mother to daughter. So it's the way that we trace um, populations back through generations so that is basically a constant in a racehorse population that you know this horse's tail female line you know what mitochondrial dna that horse has and we know that nuclear dna interacts with mitochondrial dna in certain ways that aren't completely understood but we know that like certain nuclear dna works well when combined with mitochondrial dna and so that's I would like to about. apologize to my guest right now in advance for not being smart enough to ask the right questions because this is super, <laughs> super interesting. You you had me a mitochondrial, Jessica. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not nearly as like complicated as it sounds, especially the way I do it. Like I'm I don't have a college degree, um, but, you know, I'm just a nerd and really dedicated to learning things on my own. But, you know, you end up finding things like certain horses. I like seeing horses that have multiple lines of that mitochondrial DNA. So like you have a mare, for instance, um, Warfront is my go-to example for this. He is from, we'll just call it, you know, the mitochondrial family A for mm -hmm. the sake of simplicity. And when he is bred back to mares from his own female family specifically, um, not I haven't looked at with all sources of that mitochondrial family, but specifically the branch of it that he comes from uh, there's some, like a mare back in the 1800s that's like the taproot mare. But you know, because mitochondrial remain, DNA remains unchanged, that that mare has all her descendants have that same mitochondrial DNA. Clearly, Warfront was a really nice horse, so he has nuclear DNA that works well with it. And when you bring him back to mares 
from that female family there, I believe last I checked, there were 40 starters and uh, four of them are grade one winners. Uh, though three of them do trace back to the same second dam. So it could be something with that mare specifically, but 20 of them are stakes horses. Holy crap. Which is we got the right person on to help huge, you with the races. I think it's, it's just a huge improvement on, you know, forefront produces like something like 10% stakes winners overall anyway. But when you bring him back to that mitochondrial family, it gets even bigger. And so that's something that, you know, I like to look at, especially because it seems like it's something that uh, people don't really pay a whole lot of attention to. Now, so you've got the the kind of the classical training mixed in with your your own kind of pursuit of knowledge with, I mean, you use the words mitochondrial and, and nuclear, which I think might actually make you the smartest person who has ever... <laughs> uh been a guest on the show but i know you also do kind of uh some other sort of like uh you know data metrics like uh it seemed i i remember being on the belmont uh stream with you with matthew DeSantis, and you were looking through at like different sales prices for you know what what average sales prices were and everything is it like kind of a focus on on you know finding value in in pedigree with you know with with sales let's say you can find something with a a good pedigree that traditionally has a higher sale price that you can maybe jump on or claim or something like that yeah definitely that's a big part i love looking for value i think there are a lot of opportunities for value in racing because you know if a horse isn't an into mischief or you know right now i guess good magic is the hottest uh new sire gun runner yeah. you know if you don't aren't by one of those three stallions you can probably get a horse decent horse for a good price especially you have stallions that I love like horses like looking at lucky that the um, commercial market just doesn't, does not want. So you can buy those horses for a relatively cheap price and they get, they get winners. So. Blessed is the fruit of the loins of looking at lucky looking at Lee. God did me a big solid with that. Exacta. Oh, you had him that day. Nice. He was my dark horse to win the Arkansas Derby and also a dark horse to win the, uh, the Kentucky Derby. If he would have gotten all the way up, Oh, that I might not be doing day. the show. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. 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 I might be paying money to get like imploded in a submarine instead. <laughs> I know. Which it costs a ton. Which it's good to know that you can fund it by winning the circus sport circa millions. Right. The circa millions plus circus survivor are back. Million years you have to pick five NFL games against the spread each week. Circus Survivor, just pick one game on the money line each week you enter in vegas you play from anywhere and the sports gambling podcast will be out there last weekend in august circusports.com for all the details that's circusports.com you know what i do with the 14 million i buy myself an uncle mo colt and i'd name it six in the moaning that's right that's what i would do <laughs> jessica would probably tell me i'd way overpay for it there's no way you should pay 14 million dollars for a full <laughs> you can try all right so let's talk about these races. We're going to be talking about yeah. the opening day card at uh at Saratoga. My God, just just get excited! Brett, hit me with the horse, man. Y'all ready? Let's go! Oh, no. Let's go! Y'all ready? Let's go! Let's go! Come on! Hey, bite your shot, shot, shot! Oh, chills! God, that's just the when I, when I think Saratoga. I think uh, Red Man. Uh, you know, just right off the bat. So we're gonna be covering the baby race, you know, uh, race two on this card, which we're gonna let uh, Jessica kind of show some of her expertise with uh, with pedigree, and then we're also gonna take a look at the late pick four, which includes the Grade Three Schuylerville. Uh, first post for this card is one ten p.m. Eastern, twelve ten God's time. That's right, Central. So 
Gonna set it up for you. Race two, five and a half furlong, 136 and a half. Don't forget that half thousand uh dollar maiden special weight. It is for two-year-old Phillies. Now you mentioned, you know, the the data that you bring in. Yes, it's helpful in, you know, identifying horses that might be talented, maybe not necessarily uh from like a traditional handicapping uh mm-hmm. stand standpoint. So I guess my first question is with the second race. You know, who do you look at as, as someone that you think could be maybe a star down the road? Um, there's a couple in here that I think are very interesting. Um, one of them would be the uh, Dean Wayne Lucas trainee, Lady Moscato, by Quality Road out of a Dixie Union mare. Uh, the dam is a, uh, or this filly is a full sister to Grade One Winter Salty. Um, and that Quality Road Dixie Union Cross is a great example of that mitochondrial DNA thing that I was talking about because mm-hmm. both of them are uh, by stallions from their own tail female line. And that tail female line shares a mitochondrial haplotype. That cross produces 8.7% stakes winners in 46 starters, including three grade one winners, uh, Salty, the full sister to this horse, plus two uh, grade one winning juveniles, Klimt and Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winner, Caledonia Road. So that's one that, uh, purchase to oh, yeah. $800,000. Uh, yeah. Tell me, did they, did they overpay for, for Lady Moscato? I mean, I'm always one who uh, I can't even imagine what $800,000 looks like. So whenever I see like that, I'm like, I mean, yeah, she's a full sister to a grade one winner. So that's, you know, good idea in theory, but also there are plenty of full siblings to grade one winners who are not grade one winners. I would Straight say most forever. of them are not <laughs> that as for, for as every as bill clinton there's a roger clinton they yeah. just keep that keep that in mind um that's i mean that's definitely interesting Eight hundred thousand. wow uh there's a horse that I actually I, I did consider uh it's weird because i i feel like d wayne's been so cold with two-year-olds lately that i i do like this as kind of like a future pick like okay mm-hmm. if it doesn't perform in this in this uh main special way even though this isn't the de- debut it's the second race like you know Maybe there's a little something down the road, especially being under under D Wayne's tutelage. Uh, anybody else that caught your eye? Yeah, um, the four Soka is a half to a stakes winner, Bashford Manor stakes winner, Double Thunder, who won on debut. So that's a horse who has some precocity in there. Although the full sibling did take five starts to break his maiden, so maybe not so much. But Spitestown overall is sixteen percent first time starters, and this Spitestown Tappet Cross is another one that has been ridiculously good. There are six stakes winners in twenty eight starters. So that's uh, 21.4%, including grade one winner Lexitonian and four different two-year-old stakes winners. So, you know, I think this is the pleasure horse in here. So yep. that horse obviously has a big chance. And then um, I thought the eight was interesting. Maybe not, um, you know, maybe not a grade one type, but maybe, I don't know. I really liked um, Tap the Keg's pedigree. There's some really interesting um, line breeding to her tail female line. Because her fifth dam is the third dam of AP Indy, who she has twice in this pedigree. So usually, honestly, AP Indy inbreeding is something I feel like I have seen not work more than it works. But there are high profile examples of it working like Happy Saver and Defunded. So there's definitely, um, you know, or actually, sorry, those ones aren't inbred to AP Indy, but they're inbred to... um, Gay Missile, the fifth dam of Tap the Keg via APND. 
I'm so, I'm so glad that we got you on because when I do pedigree info, it's like this horse's dad did me a solid a few years back, <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, which specifically, I'm thinking of Gervin here with a uh, Honey and, Dijon, and that's one that I have more of a um, like useful for today type of information because this one is a half to a debut winner, and the other one um, only raced once. The other other sibling only raced once, but was a speed and fade and a Churchill maiden special weight. So it seems like there's some precocity there. Gerben's 22% first time starters. And then you have the really great cross of tail of the cat over pulpit, um, which has produced five stakes winners and 104 starters, including two, two year old stakes winners. And what tail of the cat over pulpit does is it is inbreeding to sis, full sisters, yarn and preach and inbreeding to those sisters also gave us um, triple crown winner justify because Johannesburg's dam is a half to tail of the cat and justifies second dam was by pulpit. So in here, you know, handicapping perspective, I I really like the nine. um, And I also like the four. Would be four. You say, yeah, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought not me. That's actually my top pick for this race. The four Soka. Uh, I mean, I figure that pedigree has Sprinter written all over it when you have a uh, when you have any sort of Spitestown uh, baby. Uh, also, if this thing comes up wet, I do like Spitestown. I like Munnings. Those are the, those are the kind of names those that I are like. Go to. I will bet them blindly on an off track. Also, if you can put, they're actually found one later in the card. If you can put Curlin and uh, Malibu Moon uh, on two on two sides of the uh, the pedigree, those those are big ones for me as well. But yeah, I I, I thought that you know. Had Sprinter written all over it. If this de- comes up wet, I'm relying on that Spitestown pedigree. And I like the two gateworks heading into this one. I, I thought, I, you know, I kind of wish that the, the workout times were switched where we had the slower workout before the race as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, right off. I, I'm a big man, big fan of what I call the ass man power move where, you know, it's the really fast work and then you get a little leg stretcher before the race. But yeah, I was I was with you on Soka. And actually right before uh, we went on here, the... Saratoga workout reports came up. So let's see. Oh, Soka yeah. got a B minus. Who else? Okay. Do you like to tap the keg? B minus also. It looked like the seven mm. sugar high actually. Sugar high and classy mischief. The one got the uh, got the uh, the B workout. Everyone else was like a B plus or B minus or C plus. Which there's always a weird moment after Saratoga where I have to reteach myself how to handicap maidens because I'm not <laughs> relying on these workout reports. Right. So. Yeah, there's some. Gonna, there's a little bit of pedigree on those too. Like if you go a little bit further back in the pedigree of the seven, uh, the third dam is a half sister to Grade One Wonders Kitten's Joy and Precious Precious Kitten, and to the um and the third dam is the dam of Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winner Dreaming of Anna and two other graded stakes winners. So there's some precocity in that pedigree there. And then I mean the awesome. one is a into mischief who wins at 16% with first time starters and. From eight starters, there is one debut winner out of the dam. There we go. There we go. That's the good stuff, folks. That is 100% the good stuff. We're also brought to you by the good stuff. That is Underdog Fantasy. That's all made for Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. 
Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. If I'm going to put a bet together for this this second race, uh, i probably play something like, ooh, probably play like Soka in an exacta box with the three clearly a test because I really like Jose Camillo's work with uh, maidens. And then I'm going to pepper in. Well, I'm not going to pepper it in. I'm going to spread it honey Dijon into the, uh, into the, the exacta, mm-hmm. um, you know, with these races, I, I know that people frown on boxing, but there's a time and a place for everything. And these sort of races are, are the place. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's dive into this late pick four. Uh, we were going to go. I feel like the weather needs to apologize to Jessica because we were going to take a look at like Thursday and Friday baby races and everything. And then the weather looks just God awful. Uh, so who knows what's going to be on, on what surface uh, by Friday. So we kept it to Thursday. So I decided to, you know, instead of just giving her one race because who wants that, we're going to take a look at this late pick four races seven through 10. Uh, that kicks off with a seven furlong, uh, $50,000 allowance on the main track, 434 Eastern post time. Uh, I have this saying that's held true for a few Saratoga meets now. One through three is dead to me. Four or more, big fucking score. That is the most consistent track bias I've seen at many places because if you draw that inside, it's almost like a death sentence. And it's not just the, the rail. It's, it's the rail. It's the second hole. You know, you even have to be careful choosing like the four or five, because you might get a couple scratches. They end up down there. Um, I'll be fading those horses. that are they're down on the inside. And since it might be wet, I'm going to use a horse that has some respectable off track form and fits what should be a slower play pace. My top pick is going to be the six icy reply at 12 to one. It fits the you know, wider post criteria. Shouldn't let this race get too far out in front of it. And the uh, bullet then leg stretcher workout pattern has a win at the distance. Might, you know, might round back into form uh, following a little mini slide there. Um, also going to use the eight Mersal. Uh, God, if anyone was going to just win a race just to just to flex on everybody, I got to think it's Rick Dutro uh, at eight to one. Uh, the nine condiment girl at seven to two. Uh, this is a pet horse for Diodoro. He owns this one as well. Uh, and this could be a speed of speed of what I'm projecting to be a slower pace Two, you know, two for two at the distance. And last I used the 10, uh, Obrigada for, you know, Linda Rice, fresh off of winning the Belmont trainer title, uh, gets up Jose Ortiz, fresh off winning the Belmont jockey title. Uh, you know, winner it, you know, when it was in for a 50 K tag last out at Ellis park, uh, where she won come from off the pace. And I feel like coming from off the pace is worth noting at, at Ellis park. Uh, Jessica, who'd you like in race seven? Um, I ended up pretty chalky in here. I liked the, uh, the five, the other Dutch row on top. I like that. This is the horse who's been just the most competitive at this level recently. So I felt like that was kind of the class pick. And then I like the nine second for the same reason you pointed out, looks like the speed of the speed and the 10, you know, first off the claim for Linda Wrights is also going to be close to the pace in here. I thought that, um, I looked at the six for a long time and I also looked at the two, uh, for a long time as horses who I thought, you know, I wanted to find a way to use them, but I just couldn't pick them over the the other three that I liked. 
thought it was interesting, you know, if this race, if the rain holds off by the time this race comes around, that this will be the first time that the two will be racing on a fast track with blinkers, which I thought could be an interesting angle there. Uh, but of course, it got beat by the six last time out. So you got to, I respect both of those horses, but uh, I would be five, nine, 10 in here. Okay. So we're both spread now. We got a couple common wins in there. Uh, all right. Moving on to race eight. eight oh, and I did also to- have a bomb that I don't think could, I don't think he can win, but um, I think the three could hit the board getting back to dirt and is clearly a better horse this year uh, than she was last year. The last time she was so, on dirt. I think I'm going to use that three. Let me take a look here. I started doing my a decent little off track pedigree too, by classic empire and out of a smart strike mare. Okay. That was one. I don't know that I, you know, I don't know that I like her on top, but uh, I thought miscreant could, uh, could stir things up a little bit. Give you, give you some value underneath. Be a little, I call them dinkers. Those ones yeah. that just kind of dink into third at a huge yeah, price. Exactly. I actually stole that from Mike Maloney. Please don't sue me. All right. <laughs> Race eight, eight furlongs, $50,000 allowance. Right now it's listed as being on the inner turf. I was looking at where they would run, what distance they would run this at if they pulled it off. And I didn't see it. I would assume that they either run it at seven furlongs or, or nine furlongs. Either that or they put them in that weird ass Wilton shoot. Um, Jess, I'm going to let you lead off here. Uh, who did you like in this allowance race on the inner turf. So I kind of handicapped this for both, uh, you know, if it stays on and if it comes off, but either way, I like the four on top uh, as again, just a pace play. Uh, the, my one question with this horse is whether he's better at Gulfstream park. Um, that's the one concern about that one. Cause sometimes you have horses who just are different animals over Gulfstream. but you know, there's six for eight in the money at the distance. And I liked the, um, I thought that actually there was enough off track pedigree here, even though, um, you know, it's a very turf pedigree, but there have only been five starters by the sire, at least in America over an off track, but two of those were winners. So I'll take it. That's good enough for me with a horse who's also going to be up front. Uh, And then for the turf, I like the two. I think this horse is getting better as a four-year-old and, uh, just fits in this spot in good form. And then I like the six if it stays on the turf. Um, and, you know, like you pointed out earlier, the curl in Malibu moon uh, doesn't hurt for off track. It is worth noting that uh, the mare was a turf horse. So there hasn't been any uh, instances of this horse on a wet track, except for that debut, which you can just toss because of it being a debut. Uh, but, you know, gets a class break here, won't be far off, has the best figures recently. And then if it comes off, um, like I said, I, I will bet a Spites Town blindly on an off track. And you have the nine in here who, uh, you know, hasn't didn't do run a step in those faster races, but did run second on a muddy track uh, on debut at Saratoga. So okay. and. You know, if it comes off, you probably won't be 20 to one, but you might still get a decent price on this horse. So that was my um, my off track play would be the uh, the nine in here. Well, my uh, my top pick was uh, go figure the six unleash the power of the curling baby out of Malibu moon mare sucker for it. Absolute sucker for it. Also sucker for curling babies, curling babies and candy ride babies stepping on the all weather for the first time. So I'm going to keep my eyes on this one. Hopefully we'll go to Gulfstream or. God forbid, Presque Isle Downs. 
you know, Al Stahl trainee with Saez up in the irons. You can always count on Luis to actually get out and be aggressive when he needs to be. And Horse has been trending up, you know, showing and placing the last two starts and gets a massive, massive class drop today. I actually like these, you know, this one on on both surfaces, quite honestly. Uh, and then you mentioned the other, the only other horse I'm going to use, and that's the four, my Sea Cottage, seven to two. Uh, this one doesn't really have any off-track pedigree to speak of is what i put in my notes until i just heard what jessica said uh i i think i, I yeah, maybe i'm just deep down sample size but i i think just deep down i'm prejudiced against irish and i don't believe that they they run on <laughs> dirt well uh just you, you put an irishman in front of like a dirt road it'll fall all over the place um also projected this one to be the speed of speed and likely leading this field into the first call I, I, if my sea cottage catches a sloppy seal track stays in the race uh, if this horse gets the front on the lead, then there's a chance, you know, that my sea cottage just won't be caught. Uh, so I was two deep there, six and four. I do also have a just for fun pedigree note. Uh, the okay. three is the five's uncle. The dam of a five of the five is a half uh, sister to the three horse in here. I feel just like we're a getting a fun into the- fact that uh, I just happened to notice. With I wasn't even talk really of, looking into it. It was just <laughs> uncles and inbreeding. I feel like we're getting into some daddy, daddy uncle uh, situations <laughs> oh, that no. me as an Arkansan, I'm actually very, very comfortable with. We just don't <laughs> talk about it when your family tree makes a wreath. All right, moving on to race nine. It's the big one. It's the feature. It's a six furlong, $175,000 Schuylerville stakes. It's a grade three and it's for the ladies, the two-year-old fillies. Um, if you have, you know, if you're going to learn anything about me in this episode, uh, Jessica, you should learn that I'm not a smart man. I'm going to be singling in this Ooh. race. I'm going to single the five Saratoga Saratoga Secret at four to one. The horse with Saratoga in the name is going to win. Duh. Um, Solid. Effort. I think there's a lot to there's a lot to like here. Mainly that D Wayne Lucas hasn't been good with two year olds in a while, but he's actually won with this one. Uh, this one won on on debut, and it won stalking from off the pace with honest fractions at Ellis Park. So we have a talented D Wayne two year old. We've got a horse that actually actually make up ground at Ellis Park. Uh, it's an arrogant baby, which I always like to say is like a super limited sneaker, uh, and that should like the off going if it comes off wet. And you know, since this is a two year old sprint stakes, of course, I, I just automatically think that the uh, the pace will fall apart. So I am most Definitely singled here. Um, yes, I'm. Yes, I'm singing. I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. Now- yeah, I think you are very brave for doing that. But if you're going to, that's the horse I would go with. Um, I did a okay. video on this race for uh, Trust the Profits that just dropped this morning and went deep on all the field, but ended up on the five in here. Interestingly, uh, as you mentioned, you know, Arrogate Dwayne Lucas not exactly popping with firsters. Uh, and this filly is from the same mitochondrial family that gave us Secret Oath, an arrogate filly for Dwayne Lucas. So there's a little bit of something there, possibly. Um, yeah. But I thought this race was really wide open and hard to pick anybody. I could I could make a case for nine horses in here if I really wanted to, but uh, I won't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I can't rem- rem- ever remember a Skylerville that didn't feel wide open, though. To yeah, be fair. exactly. Like, part is mostly just just tradition, quite honestly. Yeah, there's honestly, I don't 
I don't think a single horse in here would surprise me except for maybe the firster. That would be a little bit of a surprise, but I mean, even then, maybe. If you, if, if the question becomes, do you have to bet the horse on the why the fuck are you here angle? Right. And, does and that last work more? was fast, at yeah. least on paper. I, you know, 30, speed isn't everything, but quick. yeah. 30, 34 seconds is quick. Like, I think it would sting more if you left it off and then you got beaten by it because it's by practical joke. Right. Like it's, yeah. You've, you've been pedigree pumped you know right yeah exactly but uh other than that uh i thought the 11 was a horse who might get overlooked a little bit in here coming off the all weather that you might get a little bit of value there on sugar treat and i like that she overcame a little bit it wasn't like a huge trouble but for a first time starter having to she was in tight had to take up a little bit uh early in that race and then came running and got there so i thought that was worth noting uh, that that horse was pretty good. And then the six closing act, the buyers are slow. The late pace figure on Brisnet is slow, but also this is the horse who has two wins against a bunch of horses who have one win. Right. So those would kind of be the three that, uh, you know, if I couldn't go 12 deep in this 11 horse field, uh, those would be the three. I think that uh, I would need I'm, the most. I, I feel like you fit in here really well because uh First race off of an all-weather track is one of my dirty little pig boy angles. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch baby mistress gets to stand on. I'm always chasing horses first off of all-weather. I believe in the rejuvenating powers of all-weather. All right, so I'm singled. Anyone else you want to throw in on this ticket? I mean... Everybody? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the seven, the morning line favorite is very logical in here. And I have a lot of respect for the horse um, that the horse that the horse status, the horse words last time status seeker beat permed who came back to finish second to a horse that I think is very good in she's fire in her next start. So I think, but even though it was a slow fig, I think that uh, permed is an okay horse. Either that or she's just going to be a second-itis type. But I thought that She's Fire was really nice and Perm Grand second to that filly. So, But so the, I don't know that I need the, Status Seeker in this spot. The, I'm not sure. the work reports on the Scholarville, um, it looks like, first, you got it looks you got very limited information here because I think you only got five horses in this field. But it, uh, of the ones that were graded, it looks like the two, Becky's Joker, uh, they gave that one two consecutive B pluses and then the four uh, stone of destiny or sorry, B minuses a uh, big difference um, or sorry. Uh, the seven wine on tap uh, is the other one with a, a flat B. Um, I don't know. I, I read into these things. Uh, you have to kind of figure you have to handicap the the clocker here because they will give, they will just fanboy out on some, on some, uh, some specific trainers horses. <laughs> All right, let's move oh. on. And there is a oh, pedigree note in here that is probably yes. worth noting. And that is that the eight is a half to Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winner Vquist, and to a horse um, who ran second in this race. Uh, I don't remember what year, but if you watch my video, you will hear the exact horse uh, name of that horse that uh, Kiss for Luck is a half to three two-year-old stakes horses. But that Parks race, not sure that uh, that's going to be good enough. 
And I'm not sure she's going to be able to get the kind of lead she got in that race here. So maybe not for this race, but uh, an interesting horse and a horse that uh, I'll feel really stupid if she wins at 30 to one. I'm glad you mentioned that because this falls back to my, uh, their parents did me a solid um, thing, or uh, I guess their relatives did me a solid thing because I had V-Quist in that race. I think the had the like V-Quist girl daddy, some something exact or try. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I'm just going to yeah. say, you, you know, it might not. I'm just telling you, it was a lot. All right. I believe you. We are on to the money leg where we hope that we hope, you know, make enough to say things like this. Hey, 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 don't rub on that. You block that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. You don't rub on Put the club soda on there. That's right. The put the club soda on my alpaca money. Race 10, eight and a half furlongs, $40,000. New York bread, maiden claiming on the melon turf, a.k.a. the turf. Um, I think this one is going to be run at the weird Wilton shoot mile distance if it comes off. Uh, tough to come up with picks ahead of time, but I'll try based on some kind of go-to angles and, you know, less based on pass, you know, based on a uh, pace or, or track performance here, but I'm going to let you lead off Jessica. How you, how are you closing out your pick for? Well, this is another one where, um, it, don't take my betting advice. Cause I would be having you go like four by four by four by four in this sequence. It is, it is so hard. This sequence. Uh, I can't find a single anywhere, which is why I, I really respect your your Saratoga secret. I think, honestly, that would be the closest thing I can find. And yeah. the other might be the seven in here. Uh, you know, favorite, morning line favorite, but making the, the biggest class drop in racing, maiden special weight to maiden claiming. And, you know, there's not a ton of speed in here, so that is a little bit of a worry. But the horse can be close to a slow pace. So I'll take that. And this is also the horse I would like if it comes off the turf. Uh, California Chrome is 17% on an off track, as is for Samurai. So I think seven is a horse you can kind of put on your ticket and just pray, because either way, um, I like her. Honestly, uh, my top four in here are the four that I would like regardless. It's just the order would change a bit, whether it comes off the turf. But um, I also, the other horse in here that I really like is the 11. Um, I just think that horse is going to be stalking in a good position in this race. And I like the little bit of a stretch back out to uh, a mile and a 16th for this horse. Those are the the main two. I could also definitely make a case for the 12, um, especially on an off track. I think the 12 moves up. Byron Offspring went at 21% on an off track. And foals out of this dam are six for 18 in the money on an off track. And this horse has only had one start on an off track and it was not very good, but it was also a long time ago. So that's an interesting one. And then the 10, uh, taking a little bit of a drop out of the $75,000 maiden claiming uh, is another one that I think makes sense in here. So that that 10, here we go again, actually ended up being my my top pick as well i I mean you mentioned the the class drop i think that an equal class drop from the maiden special weight to the maiden claiming is the open mate open maiden claiming to the new york bread uh you know uh definitely maiden maiden claiming here so i i tried to just kind of use some of the the things that i like to go to with with maiden races uh so top pick was the four here we go again 
had trouble two back, should be in the mix early. A horse that has had steadily increasing figures following a career best performance in the second start and then a bounce in the third. I think this horse is probably rounding back into form and the horse is going to send early uh, because a lot of times maiden races are won by uh, by horses that go early. Especially in these like state bred maiden claimers, you get a lot of horses you don't want to pass. Right. Right. And I believe uh, this one is uh, by Tiz now. Hopefully he wins it for Chase, too. <laughs> uh, the, the other four horses I used, yes, four. I went five deep here. But it was still affordable ticket because of that super force single that I gave everybody. Uh, the, I used the two Sharice uh, at eight to one. Uh, Mark Henning trainee. It's also a class dropper, but this time from New York bred, Megan special weight to New York bred main claimer. This strikes me as uh, I, I like to look for these horses in maiden races need the lead horses that have never made the lead and just packed it up and quit every single time. Uh, because with some changes, you know, either in equipment uh, or, you know, post draw, if they get out to the lead, who's to say that they don't get brave and carry and you can find some great prices doing that. Um, this other one is just uh, this other angle that I used for these two horses is more of just a, uh, avoiding embarrassment here. Um, they're both David Donk trainees, and I always maintain that you want to be the donker, never the donked on. So I used the four Stone of Destiny and the five April 1st, uh, Stone of Destiny at nine to two, April 1st at 12 to one, because um, I don't want to get donked on. That sounds like an awful, if I'm live to this and I get donked on, nope, no, sir. Uh, and then you uh, mentioned the other horse I really liked also at a, at a price, the 12 Janie May. Um, you know, another early speed. Uh, and I'm also breaking a rule here. I'm, I'm breaking one of my, my classic, you know, rules, which is, uh, I'd never take maidens who have had, uh, 10 chances to graduate and they don't do it. Um, it, it has to be very rare, but when you see a horse that might have this kind of early speed pace advantage, maybe, uh, then you have to take note. Plus, I mean, I think we're living in like a, uh, Javier Castellano, a little JJ Renaissance as of late. The man's been, man's been on fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it seemed like last year at Saratoga is when he kind of started like hitting, hitting on all, all cylinders. So yeah, for me, I was, uh, the top pick was the 10. Here we go again, but I was two, four, five, 10, and 12. Anything you want to add to the last race? No, I mean, um, I feel you on that four in particular. That, that horse kind of yeah. seems like is, essentially a first time starter in here, you know, bumped and squeezed at the start in the first race. And now they're dropping. I actually, um, I really like the dam of that horse. I've done some, uh, some pedigree recommendations for that mare. So I'm a little, a little bit of a personal would like to see this horse get a win, uh, for the owner of that mare now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean the maiden special weight maiden claiming, Plus, you know, you can't judge really anything off of that first race. The horse didn't really show anything, but also got bumped around at the start. So for a firster, that can be enough to just take them completely out of the game. All right. So we're going to, I'm going to recap my ticket here. Uh, I ended up with a $20 ticket at the 50 cent base. uh, And that's because I I singled uh, foolishly. Uh, So first leg, I was six, eight, nine, 10, second, four, six. Uh, the third, I was singled to the five, and then we wrap it up with the two, four, five, ten, twelve, the donk double bag, as I'm calling it. 
Um, you want to give me a give me a ticket play? What do you got? What do you got? Hmm. I did not come up with one, but let's uh, let's go five nine ten with. You know what? I'll uh, I'll try and get brave with a four in the second leg. Okay. With five, eleven, six, seven. So that's four times three is twelve. Uh, I'm doing the math for you. I got it. With, you, uh, you just focus on your ticket. This is the one bit of of with, Arkansas of you know math that the Arkansas public schools hasn't failed me on. <laughs> With we'll go seven uh, eleven in the last. So twelve dollar ticket. Woo, we'll thin is in. That. I love we'll, skinny we'll, tickets, man. Because I don't feel whenever I feel less confident, I'm more inclined to just not spend, and just yeah. if I'm right, then I'm right, and that's kind of how I feel about most of these races. Is it's like I'm either going real skinny, or I'm using five horses. Right. So that's kind of my mindset uh, there with that ticket structure, which is I am a horrific gambler you can ask anybody who who knows me who has talked racing with me they'll be like oh you were all over that race weren't you and i was like oh yes yeah i didn't have it yeah like before the derby i went on a podcast and i gave out the superfecta and i didn't win a cent on that race i was like well okay then that that's my favorite is because when people come back and ask you if you played it i always say no why do you think it won i died so that you may live <laughs> exactly <laughs> or like archangelo or in the belmont i was i was all over the belmont i feel like i was very on top of how the belmont was going to play out and how it did play out i was like the only person on the podcast who felt that forte was going to hit the board and i loved archangelo and i didn't even bet archangelo to win which i blame the podcast or the live stream for that because i was too busy but yeah, you yeah. Know, it's but you know that's why he won. So Jenna Antonucci has me to thank because I did not bet him, and there we therefore go. he won. She, she should comp you tickets to to Saratoga, maybe some right. box seats. I'm just right, gonna yeah. throw that out. <laughs> uh, fan of the show, Jenna Antonucci, who looks like, or to me, she seems like would be just a delight to hang out with and share mm-hmm. salad at the Panera Bread. Um, she gives me that vibe. She's <laughs> awesome. I lo- dude, her just the amount of inspiring stuff that came out of her mouth right after that win how did she have the wherewithal to to i mean that's a like an inspiring coffee book you know coffee table (laughs) book that she she managed to just freestyle that's amazing that's awesome um yeah was it uh you know if they if they don't give you a seat at the table build your your own table table. yeah exactly i am a i'm a very proud hashtag girl dad and that's the that's the kind of stuff that i want my my little girls to see when it comes to racing uh, you can follow Jessica on Twitter at Starry Day with two R's, S T A R R Y D A Y 93. Uh, what else you got going on right now, Jessica? Um, I have a blog that you can follow at hawkstonebloodstock.substack.com. And you can reach out to me via that blog or on Twitter if you're interested in uh, any pedigree analysis. I do mare mating recommendations. I do auction shortlists and analysis. If you, you know, I can either make a shortlist for you or you can give me a shortlist and I can tell you what I think of them. And I do individual horse analysis as well. So uh, I am open to clients at all times. Business proposition for you. We go into business as a tandem. You do all the hardcore analysis stuff. I do the jazz, which is I provide names. 
I'm excellent. I, I have a Zed Run horse racing stable that is 17 NFT horses deep. All the ones that I, I bred, I named, and there are some there's some bangers, absolute bangers in there. Um, if I ever have horses, I'm I'm all about naming them. I've been compiling a list for like 17 years now of horse names that a lot of them really need to get used. And every time I see a horse with one of those names, I die just a little bit inside. So question for you. This is a pet peeve of mine. I wonder if it's a pet peeve of yours. Whenever owners name their horses and liken back to a famous horse that's not in their pedigree line mm-hmm. at oh. all, it oh, drives yeah. me insane. That is that is annoying. I'm also slightly annoyed that uh, Wine on Tap is not by Vino Rosso. That is something that if we keep seeing that filly, I am going to forget it every time she runs. So God, that's that's another one of my favorites right there, Vino. Um mm-hmm. man, this is this a is really nice, awesome. uh, a really nice two-year-old colt you might want to put in your watch list called Right to Vote, who I'm Ooh. very excited about by uh Vino Rosso. I'm doing that right now. And by the way, give me your uh, the link to your blog. We'll uh, add it to the description uh, in the uh, the podcast so uh, folks can uh, jump to it from there. Um, oh, and you can also check good. out my content on Trust the Prophets. I, I guess I do that as well. I, yeah, you have to fill you have to fill the Matthew DeSantis void. That's, that's right. coming up. My goodness, no one get, get ready to, to live your life void. on camera. <laughs> right. Also, get ready to dress like uh, Christian Bale in the film Newsies. That will also <laughs> I got to invest in happen. some hats. That's the man's hat game is strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has been just fantastic. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Welcome yeah, to friend of me. the pod status. That's Love big. It. Like when you yeah, hit five, no. you get a Lululemon like jumpsuit. That's all like branded oh, and everything. Wow. I mean, fancy. eventually, I guess we'll be. <laughs> we're waiting on the feel the waiting list. Yeah, yeah. They're on back. All right, that's gonna do it for us here at the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Damn it, it's Saratoga Week. Enjoy it, everybody.